Today we discuss why social issues aren't the most important thing. Hey, welcome back to Bearing Up. Um, my name is Zach Griffin, and I'm the host of this show. Um, you may have seen that there's kind of been a theme recently with politics and election and, and all of that stuff. And, and these are things that I don't particularly like to uh, focus in on, on at the pulpit because, um, you know, certainly there's a lot of opinion and, and a lot of that. And um, because uh, there is a place for these kinds of discussions. And I feel like we need to be focused on the scriptures and the truth um, at the pulpit. And so keeping regular in, in the doctrine of Christ and the teachings of Christ and the rest of the scriptures is so important. Uh, I can't focus on politics all the time. Uh, and uh, I guess the reason for uh, this discussion, though, is because... Uh, these types of discussions are still important and uh, because they are being talked about, right? Social issues are one of the biggest uh, conversation pieces of any discussion nowadays. Um, people, it is true that are, there are people that find it difficult to express what they believe, um, but uh, social issues are a thing that uh, is constantly being talked about um, and so as Christians, we need to be prepared uh, to face um, this sort of entity that has become social issues, um, how to uh, evangelize in, uh, in a society, in a culture that is obsessed with social, social issues. Um, and we have to be reminded, and, and this is applicable for every Christian, we have to be reminded that these things that seem to be the most important things right now are not the most important things. And uh, we're going to explore four reasons today why social issues aren't the most important thing for us to focus on, uh, but there are more important things that a Christian should be looking at and considering and living by. Uh, and so let's just jump into the first reason why social issues aren't the most important thing. And it's based off of a, de a definition of love, right? Uh, reason number one is that love is not tolerance or preferential accommodation, right? Uh, a lot of the ideas with social uh, change and social issues are uh, tolerating or promoting or accommodating people with different ideas. Uh, transgenderism, transgenderism and abortion are namely the two social issues that, that come out the most. Uh, there are several others. We're going to, you know, list just a few, but these social issues are made political in that there are a lot of people that have a deep personal connection to, uh, individuals. They are individuals that promote these things or have done these things to have transitioned or uh, have had an abortion, but then there are people that want to protect uh, those uh, ideas. And because they have become uh, such big issues, they're now being referred to as rights, uh, rights to 
uh, transgender affirming surgery, uh, right to abortion. Uh, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, uh, people were saying that our rights were taken away. Well, uh, the idea behind the overturning was that it's not constitutional. That's what the Supreme Court said, and so it's not actually a right. Um, but stepping away from, from that for a second, uh, there are obviously a lot of things that comprise social issues. You know, there's climate justice and stepping back a little bit, homosexuality, which a lot of people don't talk about anymore. They just talk about transgenderism uh, and have forgotten about uh, the sin of homosexuality. Uh, there's racial reparations, uh, income inequality, health care reform. You know, these are all things that I guess you could put under the umbrella of, of social issues. But I mentioned transgenderism and abortion because these are currently the two that seem to be having the most discussion or the most protest or, or, or whatever you want to say. They're given a lot of attention on the national stage. But the tolerance of these two particular sins for decades, truly decades in our country, has ultimately emboldened those who believe in those things to fight harder and scream louder about their rights of theirs being fully accepted and celebrated by everyone. Because much of the sane portion of the country has been quiet for so long, it's now demanded that you not only tolerate, but support, be in favor of these issues. Um, with the growing acceptance of yesterday's radical ideas that are now mainline, mainstream, uh, those with reasonable doubt or opposition to transgenderism and abortion um, that oppose these ideas, they are numbered fewer and fewer, and they are getting quieter and quieter. But love isn't about supporting a person in all they do. That's what we think, right? We, we think that and we teach our children that, you know, I, I love you no matter what you do. And that's true. We do love others in spite of, of whatever that they do. Regardless of whether something is right or wrong, or the possibility that they may feel good or bad about a decision later, love isn't about total tolerance of everything that somebody believes. Um, there are harmful things that, that people believe uh, and things that can hurt people, um, but they feel that they need it. They feel that they need to kill their baby or they feel that they need to uh, transition into another gender, um, but uh, these things are, are harmful. They're, you know, they, the denying that these things are harmful um, is kind of absurd uh, when you truly think about it. Instead, we're supposed to speak the truth in love. The truth, when it is sacrificed, when it's not stated, and when people who know the truth are silent, then true love is also sacrificed. Think about that for a moment, right? When we are silent with the truth, and we don't tell the truth, when it's needed to be stated, then true love is sacrificed. Staying quiet about the absurdity of these mainstream social issues is the most dangerous thing that you can do. Staying quiet about them 
One, because it emboldens people who believe these things to promote them even harder. But two, and most importantly, it leaves no voice for the truth. Consider what Paul said about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 14 and 15. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Now that is real love. That's a part of the definition given there in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that talks a lot about love, all about love. Love doesn't do anything that many of the proponents of these issues do. Um, start riots and consider words as, as violent or being offended as violence upon them. Um, to focus in on microaggressions, little things here and there that say, oh, well, I'm offended by that. You can't say things like that, right? Love does not seek its own. It is not provoked, right? Um, so what's being practiced when these things are being said, you have to accept what I'm saying it is not love, right? Love is not self-absorbed into thinking that everyone else must accept what I believe. That is is totalitarianism, right? That uh, that the will of others must submit to an idolatry. You know, that's ruling over others. That's not love, right? As a Christian, I do not think that uh, we need to have a theocracy in the United States where the Bible is the law, right? That, I mean, it would be great to, to have some of the morals and things that are being taught uh, by the scriptures, you know, widely accepted in the world. Uh, most certainly, uh, any Christian would say we would want the things of Scripture to be accepted by the world because we're trying to reach souls. We're trying to reach the lost. But to force that upon others is is not loving, right? Um, you know, the Christians in the New Testament did not torture people into becoming Christians, right? That, that was an unheard of thing. That would be an unthinkable thing. Um, and so forcing others... Uh, to believe what you believe is is not right, right? Christians though need to make their voices heard, and that's very important. Ephesians chapter five verses six through thirteen tells us, uh, "Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord." Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. So we do need to share the truth. We need to speak the truth uh, and not be ashamed of the truth. Now, reason number two why social issues are not the most important thing is because fairness should be based upon what makes us the same and not what makes us different. Now, what I mean by that is fairness should be about treating a human being like a human being, right? With their value being simply that and not whatever makes us different, our identity uh, that 
the world is so obsessed with now, right? The hungry should be given food. The homeless should be given shelter. Those that cannot help themselves should be helped. And those who can help themselves and do not should be encouraged to take responsibility for their life, right? In that way, we help them. And yet the design of the social agenda is to accommodate and treat one group superior to or above another, to blanket policy or assistance to race or to other identity, to demonize some identity groups while praising others. You know, one of the most unique and precious things about Christianity is the makeup of the church, right? When you consider the church, it does not matter who you are. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. It doesn't matter who you are. It also doesn't matter what you have done, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. lists just several different sins, and he says, such were some of you, right? You know, it does not matter what you have done. And it doesn't matter what you struggle with. James chapter 3 and verse 2 James says, we all struggle in, in many ways, right? It does not matter what you struggle with. The oneness of the Lord's church is a kind of oneness that you'll never have by forcing or manipulating certain views upon the public or maintain some people as superior to others. Current social issues claim that certain people are owed greater respect and accommodation than other people, uh, that their wants are more important than others. You know, we live in a time now where 17 people in a company are all that's needed to create a policy that has to be followed by 25,000 or 2,500 others. Fairness treats everyone with the respect that a person is due. And again, we should accommodate people in, in many respects. The Bible talks about you know, in, in discussions about uh, the weak and the strong, you know, Romans chapter 14. And again, the Bible talks a lot about providing for those who are in need. That is a biblical concept, Acts chapter 20 uh, and verse 35. The problem is when one person or group is given preferential treatment over others, and particularly when that preferential treatment is demanded, not encouraged, to be given toward people who are pushing a delusional agenda based on feelings and not truth. In the world, fairness can only be given by aiming for equal opportunities, not by aiming for equal outcomes. As utopian as equal outcomes sounds, there will always be people that work hard to accomplish uh, the things that they're setting out to do. There are some who honestly cannot help themselves because of disability, and you're always going to have some who by their own choice refuse to contribute to society, right? There will always be thieves in the world, right? Not because there are people that don't have enough, but because there is covetousness in the hearts of men, Right? You can have as, as much as you'd like, right? Uh, and at the same time, have such great covetousness uh, to enact in thievery, right? There is such thing as uh, uh, corporate money laundering and, and things like that. People that have a lot of money have all of their needs met uh, and still 
uh, desire to to have more. And so there always there always be thieves. There always be covetousness uh, in the world because it's in the heart of man to to desire things for himself. God doesn't aim for any equal outcomes in this present life. Instead, he teaches us to live as we are called. First Corinthians chapter seven verses 17 through 20. In the context of the first century, he was even saying that, you know, if you're called as a slave or as free, you remain in the, in the state in which you were called. The only outcome that the Lord cares about and hopes for each one of us is salvation. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, you know, our God desires all people to be saved, right? That's the outcome that God is concerned with. We're not to owe everyone the same standard of living, but to simply love one another, uh, and that is, is what we owe uh, each other. That's what we owe humanity, is to love each other. Not to treat some preferential and some poorly, but to love each other. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to Bearing Up today. I uh, want to remind you to please like and subscribe, share, follow, uh, do all of that on our social media. We've got Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Rumble where you can watch the show as well as uh, many excerpts and, and small clips. Uh, but you can also listen to the main show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your uh, podcast from where you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can also check out the Ministry League app. It's a great place to listen to Bearing Up as well as many other podcasts. I was listening to one on there earlier today. Um, but the Ministry League app is a wonderful thing to have on your phone because uh, there's a lot of Christian resources on there. Not just podcasts. There's a great library of those. Um, but there's other Christian resources there uh, as well. So check out the Ministry League app. Download it if you haven't already. Uh, and check out their website too, ministryleague.com. Uh, with all that said, uh, let's continue with our discussion. All right, so we're still continuing with our discussion about social issues and why they are not the most important thing. Reason number three is because an idolatry of progressivism will never be satisfied, right? The idea of progress and building an idea or an ideology on progress is that you always come up with, with something uh, to... Uh, progress in, I guess you could say. Um, aside from the immoral and divisive state which is brought on by social issues, there is this never-ending satiation that has to be satisfied, and it cannot. Right? There's always a desire for something. Um, I'm not saying that things can't change. Right? Things can change, but changing things doesn't actually satisfy a people whose religion is to seek change. Like social issues have been becoming about, uh, more recently, imposing beliefs upon others, where the point of progressivism isn't about giving more rights to people, but about taking away rights. And that's kind of interesting. You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, progressivism uh, seemed to be more about giving more rights, but today it's, it's not so, right? The popular ones today that are uh, the rights that are trying to be taken away by the uh, progressive ideas, the right to own a firearm, uh, the right to babies, um, you know, living, right? They're, they're being denied their right to life. 
Uh, folks are being denied the right to speak their mind. Uh, censorship takes place uh, before uh, the truth is actually settled. Um, you know, and in some places, um, uh, parents cannot pick the uh, the school where their uh, a ch their children attend and get an education. Right? There's a, a lot of other ideas, a lot of other things that are uh, being talked about. Um, that's just a few little political points, but the deeper issue is the investment in greater and greater immorality. This is something that comes with progressivism too, uh, with the increase of secularism. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that I think of is allowing or even pressuring minors to get sexual reassignment surgery. Um, that is something that does happen in the United States, and it is growing. It's still relatively a small number considering the population of the United States, but these are lives that are being affected, minors uh, that are getting sexual reassignment or sexual affirming um, you know, surgeries. Uh, the normalizing of wickedness is, is growing and growing and, and is continually so, and it's starting to become, you know, demanded that you agree, um, you know, believing in, you know, the, the strong value of the nuclear family, um, you know, believing uh, in a lot of these things that are trying to be infringed upon uh, these rights uh, are now getting you called uh, a radical for believing uh, a lot of the things um, that traditionally are valued things in in our country. I'd like to share an excerpt uh, on this point from page 18 of Andy Andrews' book, The Little Things, uh, When You Really Should Sweat the Small Stuff. Um, he says, you can believe that trees have feelings. If you choose, you can believe that they dance together or talk to one another, and you may believe it all sincerely. In reality, however, that only makes you sincerely wrong. That said, people understand that if they want to believe that trees talk to one another, fine. Most of us don't care. However, if you assert that because of your belief, I can't cut down a tree in my own yard, then we have a problem. Therefore, if you manage to convince 10% of the world's population that trees talk to one another, and now because your group believes it, the rest of us cannot use our own property as we wish, or everyone is required to pay an additional tax on wooden furniture, or lumber companies are prohibited from harvesting timber without your permission. I'm sure you see where this kind of thinking can lead a nation of people. Right, so he kind of uses a kind of a silly uh, idea there that trees talk to, you know, talk to each other. Um, but the point is that um, that these ideas, um, whatever the idea may be, if it, it starts to infringe upon other people, uh, this is not a, a good situation, right? The truth is, is that if the demands of the radicals are met today, um, there would still be more tomorrow, right? Um, you know, if, if the circumstances of the tree talking people actually happened, right? Uh, you know, at first they would, you know, say that in your own yard, 
right? Your own yard, you couldn't uh, cut down trees. And then they would move to the corporations, and then they would move to this, and, and then they would move to, all right, well, all, our, all of our paper has to be uh, made uh, synthetically rather than from, from trees or from plants, and, and, and it just goes on and on and on forever, um, right? Um, some of the beliefs uh, that some would, uh, you know, be all about today uh, may be something that they protest against later because uh, it's the whole idea of, you know, progression, progressive, and change and change and change and change, right? As long as the earth keeps spinning, someone is going to be angry about something, right? That's, that's just how the world works. People are angry. People have been angry, you know, uh, people, <laughs> it, it just will never end. It's never going to end. So meeting every demand, especially when the demands are harmful, this is not going to grant peace. It will not grant peace to give another inch, to you know, move the line back a little bit further and a little bit further um, because it will never be satiated. Uh, it can only harm. Uh, and so accommodating for these things is not the most important thing, right? It's, it's never going to be satisfied. Now, finally, number four, and this is probably the most important. Actually, not probably. It is most certainly the most important reason why social issues are not the most important thing. It's because the greatest need is to see others through the lens of Christ. That is what Christians need to be concerned with, continually seeing others through the lens of Christ. That's the most needed thing right now in, in our country and in our world, for us to see people through the lens, through the eyes of God. The secular culture wants us to be concerned with policy and social change and that's why many Christians are engaging in more political discussions and fewer Bible studies right unfortunately this is why we're having this conversation now right because this needs to be addressed because it's so widespread we're talking about political things we should be focused on spiritual things right it's also why many many Christians are compromising Bible teachings with progressive thinking. And so you have in recent years a incredible growth in progressive Christianity. Now, if you look up progressive Christianity, the, the general idea is that there are contradictory beliefs um, in the divinity of Christ as presented in Scripture. Um, Progressive Christianity often denies biblical creation, uh, attributes much of the Old Testament and the things even that Jesus did as myth, um, and it uses scripture to justify things like homosexuality and abortion. Right? It, it takes the progressive thinking of today and today's issues and then applies the Bible to it rather than turning to the Bible and from the Bible, make conclusions about morality, what's right and wrong, who Jesus is, um, and on and on we go. But the coming and going trends and the issues of the day do not compare with the greatest issue of all. Right? The condition 
of a person's soul without the grace of Jesus Christ. This is and will be and will forever be the most important issue in this world, right? That there are souls walking around, that everyone is walking around, and they have an eternal destiny, right? If we saw people through the lens of Christ rather than by identity or political party or ideology, we would see that people are in need of a Savior, right? Even those that we would say are our enemies, Christ loves his enemies. Christ died for his enemies. Right? He, loved them en- he, he loved them enough to die for them. The people that, that deny him, the people that say he is, he is just a fool and, and all kinds of things that people would say about Jesus, he died for them because he loves them. Right? And so if we could see people through the lens of Christ, things in our conversations and our thinking might be a lot different. We are all made in the image of God and have an eternal destiny. And bickering about social change and social justice, this does not solve this issue. Conflict and opinion has been and will always be a staple of human interaction on earth. But there is coming a day when we will stand before the judge all creation and the only thing that will have mattered is if we have obeyed the gospel something else is that if people understood if people only understood what christ has to offer and accepted the gifts that he can give then their lives would not be so consumed with what's happening in the world instead of focusing on these things that the world says are most important but in, in focusing on and teaching Jesus, we might just, you know, kill two birds with one stone, right? We, we might, instead of focusing on political opinion and arguing about truth, objective truth, or policy, arguing on those things, if we just teach Jesus, um, we might, you know, pull the attention away from those things and bring people uh, into salvation. Now, let me say, as we conclude with this discussion, that there are still some things that need to be fixed in our country, right? I'm not saying that these things don't even need to be looked at or considered at all, um, because, you know, we should know what people are are thinking, uh, what they are teaching, uh, what they are spreading, what's being put up, and, uh, you know, so that we can take the gospel to those people and address those things, um, there's some ways that we most certainly can we be more unified in the United States. But if you are a Christian, we still need to keep the main thing the main thing. Right? You are not called to be a social justice warrior or a zealous patriot. You're, you're not called to be either one of those things. You are called to be a soldier of Christ with your only weapon being the Word of God, which you use to battle not a political party or a people in this world, but the adversary. Uh, We use that weapon of God's Word, the sword of the Spirit, to engage in the battle with, with Satan, right? The two greatest commands in Scripture are to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. If this is what we all believed, 
We would treat everyone fairly. We would love mercy and justice. We would do right by all. We would help those who are in need. Uh, we would not censor or manipulate the truth, but teach it. And we would share in it and teach the truth and love. That's the design of the kingdom of God. And that's what we need to be with, concerned with being. If you're a Christian, that's the only thing that you ought to be really concerned about. Doing the work of the kingdom and sharing the gospel of Jesus, right? All of this other stuff that's happening is just noise. It's just a whole lot of noise that is meant to take our minds off of what is most important. Focusing on social issues of the day is pulling our minds off of the work of sharing the gospel with Christ. And that is most certainly the work of Satan trying to pull uh, our ideas and our thinking away from forgiveness of sins in Christ and be focused on all of this other stuff. Yes, there are some evil things happening in the world, and the church should make their voices heard about sin, as we discussed Ephesians 5, verses 6 through 13. We should not be afraid to tell the truth. But our job is not to spread political points or agendas it's to believe and share the gospel to bring salvation to others not bring them into a political party someone who truly believes in jesus christ and surrenders to him he's going to shape their beliefs right he's going to shape their beliefs according to his word if if we truly believe in jesus we believe in, in the god of the bible then those ideas that we have are, are just going to change according to, to his word. If we understand the authority of his word and we believe in it, um, that's, that's what we're going to believe. And so that is what we're to be concerned with first, being disciples of Jesus and making disciples of Jesus. I, I hope that this has been encouraging and a great reminder to you. Uh, it has been for me. Uh, maybe with the first three reasons here, the first three points, you're probably thinking, all right, he's getting a little too political here. But I hope maybe I redeem myself a little bit uh, with reason number four in that you know, that really is the main point. Take those things with a grain of salt. Uh, there may be some opinion there, but that that last reason that we've discussed, that, that cannot uh, be disregarded because it is true that the greatest need that this world has is Jesus. And so we have to view others through the lens of Christ. There are souls that are perishing, right? And we, our job is to be ambassadors of Christ and lead them to salvation. So I thank you so much for watching or listening today. Uh, again, uh, if, you, if you like bearing up, if you like uh, what, what's being done here in this ministry, um, you support us by commenting and sharing, uh, by subscribing and following and, and doing all that stuff. Uh, that is a great help um, to this work. And so I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for watching. Uh, have a blessed day.